criminals are laughing at the police. Ask for, I encourage all the media here who are asking these questions to go for a ride along and ask the front line police officers, not the, not the bureaucrats in the corner offices making six figures, but the front line police officers. They will tell you the stories of the same repeat violent criminals being released again and again and again to carry out crime on our streets. As long as Justin Trudeau and the NDP continue with these crazy catch-and-release policies, we will have crime and chaos. All right, that was Mr. Piet Parley Evra. And I apologize, by the way, before the break, I got completely cut off, and I was, like, trying to reconnect, and I couldn't take it to break, and bleh. But if I all of a sudden just disappear into the ether, it's because uh, my technology uh, teched out. But that was the, the problem. But yeah, that's Pierre Polyevra. Um, he is touring the country along with all the other MPs right now because they're in break. And um, they are, uh, you know, he's going heavy on all this crime stuff, which he can because there's a lot to talk about. And um, it is the big talker. Let me bring in John Reed, president of the Toronto Police Association. Normally we uh, chat with you on Thursdays, but this is a wonky week. So we're going to chat with you today. Good to have you. Yes. Good morning, Alex. How are you? Oh, boy, it's been one of those crazy, crazy weeks, and um, certainly a lot going on. Violence, mental health issues, addiction, all still remain um, top issues for the city of Toronto. And it's not just really a city of Toronto problem. It is, um, you know, as we're seeing, it's a Canada-wide problem in big cities. And uh, we've got police, uh, former police chief, uh, you know, well, Mark Saunders, saying he is the guy that can fix the city. And um, one of the issues that we're dealing with is harm reduction and safe uh, injection. Sites. Anthony Fury says he's going to phase these out in favor of treatment, even mandatory treatment. And then you've got Saunders, who supports a safe injection, but also says he's got mental health supports, but he won't necessarily get rid of it. In your mind or in the police uh, officer's mind, can this issue and what we're facing be solved if we don't get ahead of this opioid crisis? Uh, I don't think it can, quite honestly. <clears throat> I think um, even on the news today, it was, it was addressing out in B.C., where they're having uh, upwards of 100 overdoses a day uh, out in BC, which yeah. is, I think, there. Um, you know, I think also, if you look at the BC model out there as far as injection sites, you know, we end up now where these are placed into communities, um, but it's not really a full uh, suite of, of issue or methods to deal with these issues because you end up with a lot of knock-on. You end up with these injection sites going in mm-hmm. uh, where you attract the addicts and the addicts then attract the dealers. And yeah. it causes a viral in those communities. Yeah, and, and so if a former police chief, you know, um, you know, if you come in to run this, can can you have that position now, knowing full well? I mean, because again, I, I'm of mind that you are, where whatever community you put these in is always going to draw elements in that create problems, a lot of them. And so, I, I, should we we be looking at candidates who say they can fix this if they don't get rid of that element? Um, well, the reality is it's a problem and it has to be dealt with, but I think it needs to have a very robust um, uh, plan to deal with that. And unfortunately, and we talk about this all the time, these things cost money. You know, these are not yeah. money making. You know, this is a public health issue. Um, you know, as our officers, unfortunately, end up being in a position where when all else fails, who do they call? The police. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. dealing with it. And once again, if we are serious about it, if the city's serious about it, they need to make sure they put all the resources, which include the people with the skills and the money and the resources to assist uh, in these areas. 
Yeah. And, and what I hear when I hear those kinds of things is it's going to take a long time. Like it's not going to happen overnight. I mean, we could be looking at months, if not like more. And I'm, I'm curious, like how big of a problem? You're the one who deals with officers. You hear from the front lines. How much of a problem is this for them? Like when they come to work and they know that this is going to be their day and, and they're also probably going to have to do their job, um, you know, under the glare of, of cell phones and people who will want to catch their interactions. But how much of a problem is this um, trying to balance this on a daily basis when really it is not their job, but it has become their job? It's difficult for them. Uh, I can tell you our officers come to work each and every day. They do a great job. Um, and, you know, as far as any cameras and stuff, uh, that are out there is no concerns, quite honestly. Our, our, our men and women do a very professional job, and mm. they answer calls that come in uh, each and every day. Um, you know, I think it is frustrating for them. Uh, you know, they're out there trying to keep the community safe. And when we end up with <clears throat> only a partial fix, which maybe somebody may interpret these injection sites without all the additional supports that are needed there, you now things like security, um, all the other pieces that, that may go along with something like this. Uh, it's frustrating for them. And I can tell you, yeah. you know, having to deal with the same people over and over again um, that may be apprehended, released, apprehended and released on a consistent basis is very frustrating. Yeah, I mean, we heard um, Pierre Polyevra, he's going big on the catch and release, and certainly we haven't had any updates on uh, bail reform when it's ever going to come. Having said that, um, you know, catch and release, I think we associate that only with gang crime and violence and that crime. But it does happen with the mental health, uh, you know, issues, because we don't have any mental health places to put these people in. But how much of the catch and release when we talk about this issue, is it with gun crime or is this all of it? I, I, it's actually with all of it. Um, you know, even for petty crime, we end up with a lot of those instances. Um, but I think, you know, for our association, I think for um, many of the services and police associations, you know, we're trying to focus as far as the catch and release issue on repeat violent offenders and particularly people that are um, apprehended with uh, unregistered firearms, you know, from the U.S. Because these are the ones that have the most impact and the immediate impact, the most serious impact on our communities and the people mm -hmm. in Toronto which I think is yeah. unfortunately we're in a position now where all we're doing right now is triaging crime. Yeah. And, and hoping, I think we're living on hope and a prayer that, that today it doesn't happen again. Um, but, but you know, it, it's happening in, in cities across um, um, the country. We've got record numbers of Canadians, whether it's BC, uh, Alberta, both in the headlines in the last couple of days for people being killed, uh, transit issues, uh, young team killed in BC on transit. Um, and it's a stranger of random attacks. And, um, you know, we also know that nine police officers in this country have been murdered or, um, in the last seven months, which I've, we've never seen numbers like that in this country. It's not a thing that happens in this country. How hard is it? Is it starting or, or is there a concern that it could start to impact recruiting? I, I think it has impacted recruiting, quite honestly. I think um, ever since the defund the police movement started and there was that kind of negativity that was brought to the policing profession, um, that's had an impact on recruiting. You know, one of the key things yeah. which I was looking at is you look at policing. And we end up now, unfortunately, where uh, we end up with a, a very bad negative situation that happens in the U.S. And somehow it impacts us up here in Canada. And keep in mind, this is in a different country. Uh, and, and our men and women here in Toronto, across the province, across the country, they do an excellent job each and every day. You know, um, obviously we do ha sometimes have some outliers. But generally speaking, our professionals, our men and women are professionals. They do a great job. And do their duty 
and it is a very, very uh, rewarding job. And I do encourage anybody that's interested in policing uh, to, to kind of look into it. Yeah, but it's a tough sell, whether it's military or, or on policing. If we don't put the resources in, you know, who's going to put their butt on the line and say, well, yeah, that's a career for me. Um, you know, we got to get this in check. If I, if I am, I'm going to put you on the spot just a little bit, John. In your mind, with all the talk that we're hearing in this election and all the promises we're hearing and all the, this is what we need, that, what are we looking at as far as, like, can you measure our expectations as to how long you see this kind of, like, limbo that we're living in? Like, what's, what's a reality if we started getting busy, like, fixing it now? Um, I, I think, you know, first and foremost, we need to get the, um, from our perspective, our members to make sure our staffing levels are back up to where they need to be. You know, we're a, a last city. We're the fourth largest municipal police service in North America. A lot of people don't realize that. Um, but we're, we're understaffed right now and we need to ensure that we have the proper staffing. As far as getting that done, uh, I would say we're at least a couple of years trying to get that done. We're also dealing with attrition as well with retirements. Uh, people, you know, some people are walking away from policing. You know, it's, it's yeah. been a very difficult last three, four years for some people. Yeah, so we're seeing all these shortages in areas, whether it's farming, pilots, don't really want uh, shortages in things like uh, police and fire. But all right, we'll talk again, John. Hey, hope you get out the golf course or at least get out and enjoy some of the weekend. Thanks for joining. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. All right, that's uh, John Reed uh, joining us. So uh, you know, lots to talk about. Always something to talk about.